Vivo qualitative data analysis software empowers researchers around the world to discover rich insights within their qualitative data. This podcast gives you unique insights into the methods, the processes, and the passions of researchers. Welcome to the InVivo podcast, Between the Data. Uh, so welcome to the InVivo podcast, Between the Data. I'm Stacy Penna, the InVivo Community Director. For today's podcast, we'll be discussing how the strategy, strategy unit, part of NHS's Midlands and Lancashire Commissioning Support Unit, used qualitative approaches to support rapid cycle reporting on healthcare during the early months of COVID-19. I will be discussing this with Abby Mola, a managing consultant at the strategy unit. Uh, so Abby, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So first off, uh, can you just describe what the strategy unit does and why it was created? So the strategy unit is an NHS organization um, and it's a small team of people. Um, we're at about 36 people at the moment and we're a team that applies evidence, data, information, analysis um, to healthcare um, questions, queries, and um, we, we try and apply our understanding to help decision makers within the healthcare service here in the United Kingdom, the NHS, make better decisions and more informed decisions. So that's where we start. That's our starting point. That's what we do. Um, it was created so the Whilst the NHS is the is is the the health organisation in the UK, uh, the very public one, um, we um, are divided into lots of different um, uh, different organisations within it. Um, majority would be the providers, so these would be your general practitioners, they'd be your um, hospitals, they'd be your um, mental health trusts, as also nursing and community um, services. Um, but then there's also a lot of um, supporting organisations which help make um, commissioning desi- uh, decisions. And we are an organisation which supports some of those commissioning of health services um, decision making. So, But we take a very data, um, uh, data perspective in trying to do that. So that's that's the strategy unit. We were formed in the in 2012 with with the latest reforms that came into place. So these were uh, legal um, changes to the health um, service. Um, make great, thank you. Uh, and so, what is the research approach the strategy unit uses, and why? Um, so, as I just, as I kind of briefly uh, touched on earlier, we the research our research approach is very much applied. Um, so we will um, we will um, collect do primary data collection and analysis, but we also do a lot of secondary um, synthesis as well. Um, the, I should describe that the strategy unit is in is kind of two main technical areas which we use in kind of applied evaluations. Um, one is very much an analytics um, aspect. So the uh, my colleagues in that team are able to take uh, uh, to work with big data sets um, and do um, statistical analysis, but also modeling uh, applications as well, um, which has really been very useful and and, and has has really shown it, shown its strength um, in in terms of the COVID response. So they would be working with um, local clients, but also a national level as well to create models of 
um, let's say, for instance, capacity and demand um, to deal with um, some of the challenges that COVID has brought. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the uh, other part of the team, which would um, use more qualitative methodologies um, as well. Um, but then there's also uh, different members of the team who can do, uh, who, who have a background in operational work and, and do service improvement. Um, there's a number of, especially the more senior people, have a background in um, in strategy um, and have worked uh, for a number of years um, within that um, that sphere as well. So we we're we're pretty much a multidisciplinary team. Everybody um, uh, very much um, empowered by NHS values, but also um, able to um, work with with data. Oh, I also forgot to mention that there's an evidence team as well. So these are people. Uh, these are colleagues who are able to take, um, uh, you know, the findings from the literature, both the, the published or peer-reviewed and also the grey literature, and, um, you know, I, I use that to make a, 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 a kind of a decision um, or help clients along in terms of what, what needs to be done. So quite often a client will come to us with a, a, with a question. Um, they've got a health um, challenge that they need to address. And we might first look at the literature to see what's, uh, you know, what, what what have others done? What what does the evidence tell us? And then we might, they might then design a service um, change. We might then help them evaluate it. We might, um, uh, and, uh, our colleagues in the analytics team might then do some modeling to help them anticipate what those, you know, what the challenges might be or what capacity they might need, those type of things. So we do take a very much multidisciplinary um, approach um, and it is very much applied in that sense as well. Yeah, it sounds very dynamic. Um, that's very interesting. Uh, so as you mentioned with the COVID-19 response, um, it's required a rapid change and in innovation across um, health and care. So how has a strategy unit responded to the COVID-19 um, crisis? Uh, so very quickly, um, I, I should say. So the, the first bit about it, and this is what we're also learning how everybody else dealt with it as well. Um, I think the key to it was collaboration and partnership. So um, we collaborated with um, with NHS England, uh, kind of the statutory organisation, NHS England and Improvement, but also think tanks in the very early stage. So our director. Um, Peter Spilsbury um, made contact with them and they, they came together to understand what the analytics need, what the evidence needs um, would be um, for, for COVID as, you know, as, as the crisis was unfolding. Um, and so part of this was to understand how um, as a system and how with, um, you know, with, with the people whose you know, day job even before COVID was to, to look at these things um, to have a good understanding of health services. Um, how could they all come together collectively to, to explore and respond to the, the challenges that lay ahead and not to spend time um, duplicating work? So we, there was a need, the need was understood by all of the partners that they can work together um, and and and, um, and make sure that um, pieces of work were not duplicated across uh, different uh, different people. So um, very quickly from that piece of 
um, that collaboration, um, it was identified that we were probably that the strategy unit were better were best placed to understand the evidence. And as the evidence was emerging and synthesizing it, pulling it together and, and sharing it wider. So that got started very quickly. And then there were a lot of uh, analytic questions that that emerged as part of that um, nationally. Um, so there was a prioritization exercise that went through that and we looked for different ways um, a, a, to to kind of address some of those so there's pieces of work um, as uh, uh, you know that came out of the collaboration um, national pieces of work that are now underway so there's there's that and then um, there were some uh, some of our more um, regional clients that then came to us to say um you know, we're responding, we're having to respond to, to this crisis um, and we're learning quite a lot and actually we'd like to, um, some support in doing that. So some of the qualitative pieces of work have emerged as part of that. So, yes, yeah, so we've, uh, you know, in summary, we've responded as most people in health services across the world have um, very quickly, very collaboratively and um, with the kind of the end point in, in mind in terms of how can we sustain um, the good things that have come about in terms of um, the COVID, you know, what, what are the silver linings and how can we learn from them? So, right, so that, that was one interesting thing, uh, reading your work from on the website, uh, is that you talk about being quickly. So uh, I read that you have the weekly rapid cycle reporting uh, of the headline findings from um, an initial analysis that you've done with interview notes and recordings. Um, so how how was that done and how did it maybe change the way you conducted your qualitative research? Yeah, that's a really interesting kind of innovation, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how methodologists in academia respond. So one of the things that we've always, in one way, prided ourselves, because we're embedded within the NHS, um, we will get direct questions um, from people who are delivering services, who are, you know, clinical champions who are um, policy people um, in terms of you know the, the, the change and transformation that are going on and usually are and they don't want academic outputs because what they need is um, is a, a, you know something that's robust um, information but that will help them make a decision quickly because sometimes that the, the prior you know the decision has to be made tomorrow um, rather than um, you know in, in a few months time or even in a few years time when academics can can kind of uh, properly report on their work so and especially with covid you know there was just you know there was just no time to 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 waste um, so we had to make sure that the way that we reported on our findings, um, when the client has asked the question and, and, and the information was relevant to the client, how, how quickly we responded to that, whilst maintaining some level of robustness uh, um, to do that. So this particular project that you're referring to that we've shared on our website, um, the, the, it was, a, it was a, a region. So in, in the UK, in terms of healthcare, um, there is uh, there's different setups. So we, we, they're called um, SCP, so Sustainability and Transformation Partnerships. So one of them came to us to say, 
um, where, you know, primary care especially um, has changed very rapidly in this time. And we'd like to just, and we've been supporting them to change. Um, and we'd really like you to um, to evaluate what we're doing and uh, with, a, with a kind of a focus on how do we learn from the COVID, um, uh, COVID directed changes. So what we did, um, and so, and they said to us, look, we've got capacity to do a bit of the work and support the bit of work, but we don't have any knowledge on how to do some of it. Um, so it became quite clear very quickly that what they wanted was a qualitative piece of work. So what we did, um, my colleague Mahmoud and I, um, and, uh, and Paul Mason as well, we supported the health, um, the, the commissioners in, in, in our context. We, we, supported them. We trained them to do the interviews and also service leads. So they did the interviews. They identified who needed to be interviewed. So these were service leads, general practitioners in this first case, um, the one that we've reported on so far. Um, they identified who were the main um, people that needed to be interviewed. Um, they interviewed them with some training from them. The topic guide was co-designed um, by us with them. Um, and um, and then we taught them how to write more detailed notes um, for the primary care work. We also transcribed those interviews. So on the basis of their notes, we then asked them to um, we held a reflection meeting. So what we were doing as part of the rapid reporting process is that we held regular reflection meetings so that all the interviewers plus um, the, the, the evaluation team um, came together um, to discuss what they were finding. Um, and, and we used that as a way of rapidly writing up those notes. So on their um, rapidly kind of um, reporting on their notes, I should say. Um, so there were two elements of those um, rapid reports, um, their notes themselves, which we then um, quickly analysed. And we did the quick analysis using Envivo, actually. Um, we did that just so that um, from the notes we could build uh, uh, word clouds just to have a, a quick look to see what the main themes that were coming out. Um, and then we used those main themes to have the reflection sessions and we build up kind of nuances on, on those aspects. Um, and then we wrote that up very, very uh, quickly. So within uh, within a day or two, we'd be able to produce those rapid reports. We then sent that back to the interviewers and um, and our client who reviewed them, um, asked any questions, and then kind of they shared them wider. Now, the reason that they we did rapid reports um, was at the request of the client, and that was because... They wanted, because they had to make decisions so quickly uh, in some of aspects, they just wanted to make sure that they were um, letting go of the right things and they were picking back up um, the, uh, the, right, um, the right things as well. And they could make decisions on the, on the hoop. And what we actually found was that these uh, uh, majority of these people had, um, they were responsible for the service uh, decisions. So they were able to, as they heard things on the interview, they were then being able to flag up to, uh, you know, to re uh, relevant colleagues about actually we need to do this or we need to stop doing this or, um, you know, uh, we need to address this a, a little bit more, uh, a little bit differently. So they were the right people to be doing the interviews, but also to listen to what actions needed to be done next. 
Um, with those rapid reviews and the out, those outputs that we produced, they were also um, helping to, uh, there was also policy interest. So at the level of NHS England, they were also aware that we were doing this piece of work. So we shared them um, with the with the clients um, uh, um, sign off. We also shared them more um, nationally, more centrally as well. Um, and we've had feedback that they've, uh, they've that they've been helpful to that as well for that purpose as well um and then what we did with the uh, rapid reports um we it helped us in, it helped us develop a framework uh, a coding framework um which we then used to um for the more in-depth analysis so once we got the transcriptions back um we then coded them um refined the coding framework and we've now produce a, a more detailed narrative uh, qualitative report um, which has been now shared with um, with the STP and we're doing a number of um, subsequent activities as part of that including building a logic model so that they can plan for the future so we're using that those outputs as well for that um, but meanwhile, this this project has mushrooms. So we started off just by looking at primary care, but we're now looking at cancer services, mental health services. Um, um, we're also doing some the care home uh, interviews as well, strate uh, strategic interviews, um, social care. So we're looking at different aspects of the of the healthcare system. Um, we won't be doing rapid reportings uh, because the, the the COVID response phase has moved on. Mm -hmm. And um, it is not seen as necessary. And also because with the primary care interviews, there was a very much a start and a stop and different phases. And GP, GPs were, uh, general practitioners were, uh, were around to do those interviews. But in this case, we have quite had the same. Um, it's, it's a little bit, the services operate a little bit differently, getting into people's diaries. Um, so it's the usual uh, challenges that we face as qualitative in um, field workers, researchers, in trying to get access to the people that we need to interview. So some of those challenges have, have resurfaced again. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it didn't make sense to do the rapid reports in the same way. But we're still, we, we will still write up, we will still do the analysis in more in depth and write up all by the end of September. From, from the rapid cycle, um reports you did you're going you're doing more in-depth analysis that's what you're saying now for September. yeah yeah okay yeah and the the idea was to repeat this process with a different stp in the region mm -hmm. um and and it's been a bit more challenging to get those done um again because they're at different phase there wasn't quite the um uh, there was a, the same client this the, the same approach that they had um available um, so, um, but they're, they're also doing lots of different types of work um, in terms of measuring um, their response. Um, so what we've suggested there is how we can help is synthesize the different pieces of work, so their findings from the different pieces of work. So we're, we're supporting them to do qualitative pieces of work and then we'll objectively synthesize all that together. Um, so I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that the rapid reports um, was something that the client asked for and we were able to um, um, kind of um, uh, kind of um, rise to that challenge almost. Yeah, no, it's it interesting. Um, 
a way of doing it, and I'm, I'm guessing you might do it in the future depending on the client's needs, it sounds like, or it, or it seemed like because it was a crisis that this was the best way to go about getting the data and findings fast too. We'll take a quick break from the podcast to tell you how to find the strategy unit's work. Visit www.strategyunitwm.nhs.uk to find their latest publications. One thing, um, so you had three rapid cycle reports, and I was just wondering, how did the findings change from the first report to the second to the third? That or were they consistent? Um, so they built on them. So they each run built on them. And we did the interviews. Uh, we started at the end of April and we finished at the end of June. Um, and um, it was it was interesting because that, even within that point in the UK, so the, the UK had the peak just in the, uh, uh, we were at peak at the middle of April. Um, and um, at the beginning of June, they started on the kind of restoration phase, uh, sorry, the recovery phase. Um, so first it was the response phase and then the kind of the, the recovery phase. Um, and what happened, especially in, uh, in primary care, was demand really fell. Um, we also saw leadership emerge. Um, so in the first bits, um, they were just responding to the crisis. Um, but in the in the final, uh, you know, in the final interviews, they were uh, suggesting about how primary care leadership had emerged and and, and what that meant for system leadership um, in, in healthcare services. Um, so that was a quite an interesting aspect as well. Mm-hmm. That sounds like you're, it was a sort of surprising to people that finding. Um, yeah, I think it, it it was less surprising. I think for for sister other system leaders, um, it was we knew that they, they, their their feeling was that we knew that that existed, um, but it just needed opportunity to sh- to to kind of um, so it needed a crisis uh, for that innovation uh, to emerge, and 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 that's pretty much what we're hearing from across. So whilst the in a, whilst the the availability of technological tools to do uh, to deliver health services differently have been around for a while. Uptake, the adoption of those have been pretty minimal. But actually, with this crisis, the ways of working have been more innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, using the technology, the technology itself is not the innovation, it's the ways of working. And I think that's the same around, um, you know, collaboration, partnership, assist uh, leadership, distributed leadership. Um, some of all these things have emerged, which have always been there, but it just took that crisis to catalyze and for people to change behaviors and work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've mentioned this some of this already, but I, I was just curious, um, how did the quick findings impact healthcare decisions? So even if you just want to give one explicit one that, and you've done some of that already, but um, anything that you can think of that really made an impact? Um, the, I think what's making it, I think it's what, what we did with the uh, rapid reports and especially the primary care, um, kind of the detail report, 
which we which we uh, haven't shared as yet um, uh, publicly. Um, but what that is helping the um, the the healthcare economy, the STP, to do is really shine a light on uh, on primary care's involvement in the system response um, and the the value of. Um, System of, of 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 having them as a partner and and having them as an equal partner, um. So so I think that and, and for them to be a collect, so it's it's really sh- uh, shown a light on them being a collective voice, mm-hmm. um, and working together and how that can then um bring the system to the fore. Great, thank you. And then uh, just my last question is, um, what one piece of advice would you give researchers conducting research at this time? Hmm. So I would say um, it, it's the, the value. So when, when researchers, and especially probably academic researchers, is trying to put yourself in the NHS's shoes, and actually, what is it that we can do to support um, frontline staff? What is it that we can help, um, you know, healthcare practitioners um, in terms of making their same decisions? So um, with the rapid reporting, what we learned is that, you know, a quick answer um, is is probably comfortable is is is, is valuable mm-hmm. um then a, a very good answer that takes too long to do because it's moved on too much so i think it's it's all the things that we've always known in terms of uh you know researchers working with practitioners all the knowledge mobilization aspects it's all the things that we are aware of but actually for something like covid um and, and a crisis response we just need to be that faster that much faster and, and the practical utility of our outputs, I mean, those really need to be considered. And we haven't quite cracked it yet, but I think the rapid reports, um, those showed, um, those really did show us a, an example of how it could work. Mm-hmm. And the visual aspect of it, so I think it's how we turn our work into visual um, communication. Also, what we, um, in our rapid reports, um, for those of you uh, who, who, who've seen them, we've got a grid that we've borrowed off the RSA. So this is the Royal Society of Arts, and they did something about responding to crisis um, and, and kind of mapped it to us. So it's a, it's a grid, um, and it shows in terms of lessons that are learned, you know, what you keep, what you stop, what you let go of, and what you amplify. And I think... Uh, mapping some of our findings to those and and sharing that um, has been really useful um, for um, the client and wider. So I think that's you know so it's the, the the advice is think about the outputs and how can those outputs quickly uh, facilitate um, NHS practitioners, healthcare practitioners to make decisions. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice, and I, I did really like that visual, the 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 grid you're talking about, because it made it very clear what you were finding and what people should keep or let go, depending on you know your results of your 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 research. So that I agree. 
so I just want to thank you so much for joining us for the podcast Between the Data. Um, I'm sure our listeners have found it very helpful to learn more about um, how the strategy unit uses qualitative research and especially the, uh, the rapid cycle reporting. So thank you, Abby, for joining me. Thank you for having me again. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us for Between the Data. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more about InVivo podcasts and community events, please visit go.invivobyqsr.com slash community or email me, Stacy Penna, at s.penna, P-E-N-N-A, at qsrinternational.com.